0: Welcome once again to the Irish NFL podcast, bringing you our Irish unique perspective on all things NFL. Joining me once again today, we have our adorably naive Giants fan, Brian O'Leary.
1: Good afternoon, Mark.
0: Good afternoon, Brian. We have our affable Steelers fan, Gordon Bridgefield. Good afternoon, Mark. Great to be back. Good stuff. Good to hear from you. And, of course, your awesome Patriots fan, myself, Mark Cockrell. Of course. Um, We've got exciting news because today the podcast, and going forward, the podcast is going to be brought to you in association with the 42.ie, Ireland's leading online sports site. I'm very excited to announce that sponsorship and connection going forward. Feels official now, doesn't it? does. As soon as you say it, it becomes official. You yeah. um, know. So guys, we've been a couple of weeks. We've uh, been been busy with things and obviously now ramping up very heavily with a couple of podcasts before the season kicks off on the 7th of September. Um, as we've been a couple of weeks before, we get stuck into our hopefuls, uh, which is the category of teams we're going to look at today. Brian, do you want to give us uh, a brief update on the news or Gordon, whichever, whoever wants to yeah, jump in there uh,
2: first? I suppose I'll run through a few of the updates, I suppose. Big one is Ezekiel Elliott. He's got his uh four six game. Six game ban. Six game ban. Um is that the cowboy season done and dusted already? I suppose that's the one that we look forward to. Uh Anquan Bolden has retired from the NFL. An illustrious career. Um then I suppose the other one is Goodell, uh, the NFL commissioner, has been given five more years. I wonder why. I, uh, is it official yet or, or is it? Uh, nearly? Just, uh, let's just be honest. If he's making the money he's made for the NFL, he's gonna get us five <laughs> more years. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he's got some lofty ambitions to um, uh, increase the revenue, which is kind of an interesting one considering what's happened with the TV rights lately. But uh, There's
1: a TV rights negotiation in the middle of all that, so I, think I don't know p- to line them up for failure. <laughs> but um,
0: Well, I, it's interesting. You think about the NFL commissioners. Pete Rizal was a PR guy to bring the league on. When they are in union crisis, you had Tagliabue, who was a lawyer by nature, and now you've got, allegedly, the revenue generator in Roger Goodell and as you say he's made the money even with what he's done to Robert Craft and Jerry Jones in times A- and he's the the and the history
2: of the NFL is and they like the NFL teams like to have somebody there long term. Hence why there's only been two other commissioners beforehand. So the likelihood he's gonna stay on. And then the final bit of news while we've been away was Sammy Watkins. Um, I think we spoke about how uh, important he was going to be to the Bills and he was going to be the <laughs> <Yes>. one target <laughs> yeah. for them <laughs> in the last episode. And he's suddenly been traded.
1: So in the space of a week, he got traded to the Rams. Yeah. And Bolden... Retired. Retires. So, whatever plan they had in place offensively for the season has gone up in smoke. Well,
0: I mean, they, uh, when they traded uh, Sammy Watkins, I kind of thought they don't like Tyrod Taylor very much, <laughs> in fairness. I mean, they did do two trades at the same time. They brought in Matthews from uh, Philadelphia, but it's all about tra- draft picks, basically. They picked up yeah. two 2018 draft picks with their two moves. Uh Replace the cornerback with another cornerback in between the trades with the Rams and the Eagles. And one bit of credit has to go to the Bills front office is they did the two trades almost simultaneously. So it wasn't a case that they're suddenly a selling team and they maybe got less value. So that was good. But yeah, they've given up on this season almost. And that's uh, that's pretty much the roundup of the news. while we've been away. Yeah, absolutely. No, Zeke Elliott, as you say, the six-month ban, that's going to be subject to an appeal which is ongoing. But it does look likely, Cowboys fans, he's going to miss a number of games into this season. And given the Cowboys start to the season, you don't like that or want that. Um, That leads us on, as I said, today we're going to be talking about the hopeful teams. So our view in this regard is we're talking about a few teams really here where we think they've got a chance. They've got an opportunity maybe to make the playoffs, maybe make a win or two, but probably the Super Bowl is a bridge too far. Next pod, we'll be obviously talking about those real Super Bowl hopefuls. But I think it's fair to say, guys, and perhaps one of the reasons it's taken us a little while to get this pod out, is this has been one of the more contentious categories and pods so far in terms of people debating what is or is not a valid hopeful. Um, and, And Brian, I know certainly you had a few views on there might be a couple of teams that are maybe more hopeless than hopeful that were initially in the category. Well, I think this
1: comes from the fact that you picked all the hopeless teams the last time without giving myself and Gordon any, hey, any hey, say. Hey, uh, you threw the Colts in You there. had
0: the chance. You had the chance.
1: Well, this time around, we've come up with what we believe is a suitable <laughs> listing. But um, again, there's three, and obviously we can't put too many into the hopeless section, but there's three I still think they're somewhat in between hopeless and hopeful. And uh, I'm sure, you might challenge this, but I have the Saints, I have the Redskins and I have the Bengals in between there. I don't believe they're even hopefuls for the season going forward. Now, I have given them predictions of around 8-8. Eight and eight, um, And actually, funny if you look at the over-unders, they're all in, in kind of 8, seven and a half, eight and a half. But just in terms of going forward with the teams, the Saints, I mean, they've done nothing in the off-season. They're relying on a very young cast of players that have come from a number of different drafts. They've got a brutal schedule starting off. They're away to the Vikings, home to the Patriots, at the Panthers and then they go to Wembley you don't know how they react to going traveling from the US over to London there is a possibility it could be 0-4 for that reason and the fact that I didn't, haven't seen them do anything during the off season, they're relying again on Breeze to win the games I'm showing them in that section
2: yeah and I can't really argue with you I tried to do a bit of research on all three of them there and the Bengals was the one where I nearly fell asleep I feel sorry for them looking at the record that the Bengals have had and you know, th- everything that they've done throughout the off-season, it just doesn't look promising. So, yeah, I think they're in the, the right group there. The other one I would throw in, uh, and again, people are going to completely disagree, which I look forward to, uh, are the Lions. Um, I really don't see any hope for the Lions uh, this coming season, really. So, yeah. Say, say how you feel, uh, Gordo. Yeah, that's there's that's there's that's
0: no hope whatsoever. Look, I man, I'm going to try and be a voice of reason here. The, the Saints, I agree, they've got a young cast on defence. And, again... Injuries, 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 another young uh, injury in their uh, their secondary there, but they still have Peyton, they still have Breeze, they still have a chance if the defense can get together. I agree, it's going to be a struggle for them, particularly in that NFC. Well, south we've division. touched
1: on teams, even even on this episode, albeit albeit briefly on the Bills in terms of they're not looking at this season. Are the Saints the same same situation? They've let their best wide receiver go to the Patriots uh, in Brandon well Cooks. Well, uh,
0: yeah, but they do have Thomas there. Michael Thomas is a beast. So I think Michael Thomas there will more than make up for Brandon Cooks. Um, okay. it, it, granted, Cooks will still be a loss, but they don't have too much to be concerned about. I mean, but in, in it, And as well, it's a
1: very competitive division. We expect a reaction of Carolina. Atlanta are expected to be up there going again. We spoke, and we probably will speak about the books today, possibly. Um, yes, there's three really, really good teams, you know, in that division, going for, the, going for the division this year.
0: Yep. So, um, Gordo, you you was thrown in the Lions. I mean, I'd agree entirely on that one. They've lost Kerry Hyder. who got eight sacks last year. And last season, bear in mind again, guys, the Lions had eight fourth-quarter comebacks, NFL history-making. They're going to regress to the norm a little bit, I think, and therefore they leave that division wholly open. Uh,
1: I had them in possibly as a wild card, um, haven't seen the amount of injuries they picked up recently i've pulled away from that as well so
0: well, when you say about injuries i would actually throw in two other teams into the mix i would actually definitely throw the ravens into the category of maybe being more hopeless than hopeful there has been no team and i include the dolphins in this that have been more decimated by injuries they've lost starting o-line players they've lost secondary they've lost people for the entire season left right and center through training camp and it's going to be devastating for them and to be honest, I think they've lost their way a little bit. It was a very disappointing season last year. They're a bit in rebuilding mode. And I, I just think they're going to have a real struggle this year. I think the Steelers will be the class of that division. The Vikings as well, they still have captain Checkdown down as their quarterback. Any team that has Sam Bradford, as far as I'm concerned, can never be hope to be a hopeful team. He has still never had a winning record in any season. And he didn't really show anything last year. Eight losses in the last eleven games. The Vikings don't belong. They're expect,
1: They're hopeful of. But they've got a very strong defense, and obviously they've drafted Davin Cook, And running back to replace H P. And he seems to be getting very. Positive. And Murray
0: there as well, and yeah. they've got some hope, but not with Bradford. And eight and eight is as good as I can see. It I,
2: I, I think the majority of teams we have in there, everyone would agree with. I think the skin. Sorry, the skins, the Bengals. And then the the lines, a lot of that, it's the instability with the front office as well. Um, and just the way the clubs are run at the moment. I think that's a big part. With the skins, y- the, 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 the coaching staff, the front management, they don't know what they're doing with their quarterback, who they're giving contracts to. Same with the Bengals. Um, there's a philosophy in the Bengals where it's very old school and loyalty is rewarded. But yes, if you fail or, and there's failure there, it's kind of, well, let's just brush that aside and continue on. Because yeah. again, first year, that they haven't made the playoffs. So now they're going to another season where it's probably going to happen again and for e- a few years it looked like they were trying to make that breakthrough. It's the Bengals. They've, yeah, they failed they've and now they've just regressed.
1: So they're relying on a, what they believe to be a very young roster to bring them through because they've let players go, Marvin Jones, Sanu, on the offensive line this year, they've let Seatler go to the Browns, Whitwood has gone to the Rams, not really replacing them in terms of going into free agency and picking up experienced players. Very much thinking... What they have come to the draft, and the younger players from last year's who really didn't get a proper opportunity because of the experienced players there will come through and help them. But again,
0: yeah, they they, they have Bernard and Hills, good combo at running back. They've AJ Green, and then they've obviously the Red Rocket Andy Dalton at quarterback. But uh, you know, Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis year after year made the playoffs, didn't didn't go any further. So even for that reason, we just don't believe they could ever win a playoff game. And the Lions fall into that category as well. The Redskins, guys, I wouldn't ra- write off completely. Obviously, we have uh, they've improved their roster slightly with Terrell Pryor coming in at the wide receiver. And Kirk Cousins has done good, some good things there. I can understand why Brian wants to write them off because they're in the Giants division. Um, but uh, I think I, they're going to be a I, bit more competitive than Brian would like them to be. I
2: think they'll be competitive. But again, like I still think the like that instability there where you've got a quarterback that's your franchise quarterback, but you're not rewarding him as such. So... I, um, it's just there's a lot of s- and again Pryor has come off one really good season yeah with the, yeah, with that's the Browns it. so like it it's only
1: a one year contract in which he's gone to Washington so they're not it really it taking yeah, it's a, pr- that uh, it's a and punt I
2: think, and I think that's the yeah. poor thing with the Redskins is they're yeah. not rewarding players they're kind of saying let's see how we can get there and they're going to end up paying more than they should um, look, that's like it. That, that, prove that, it prove yeah, it that's what they've done but I think that list is Fairly said, okay. I think. Although there's a few disagreements, we uh, we're fairly yep. close So to those
0: move. six, as we say, more in the hope, less than hopeful and probably leaning towards the latter half of this group. We do have six teams are going to take you through, though, that we do all generally agree, albeit that they do still have weaknesses like any team in the NFL that are more hopeful, that can legitimately have playoff hopes and intentions. And uh, to kick them off, I'm going to start with a team... People to see a lot of coverage about and a lot on the TV lately. They're the subject of the NFL's hard knocks. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I, I'm very excited in one respect in relation to the Buccaneers, and another team we're going to talk about the Titans this year. Two young quarterbacks came in at the same time, and this year their team seemed to invest invested around them a lot more. They've got the weapons. We talked a little bit about this before, but just on Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston now. Last season, he threw for over 4,000 yards. He threw for 28 touchdowns. He has had the beast that is Mike Evans there, who, in fairness, had nearly 96 catches and um, 12 or 13 touchdowns. It was a very good receiving year. And Cameron Break was a great tight end. And they've added to it. They've got Deshaun Jackson in. Uh, they've taken OJ Howard, who I talked about in the draft, as a really good tight end upgrade. The skill positions have improved. Of course, they've weaknesses and doubts. I'm not convinced necessarily on the defense. Certainly their linebackers have all the quality outside of Jared McCoy. Their defensive line is doubt, and I'm not sure about the secondary. You know, they wouldn't be in this category. Uh, they'd be in the category of Super Bowl hopefuls if they were perfect, to be honest. But it's definitely they could come on. They could definitely win that division, which we said with the Falcons, with everyone else, is competitive, um, but also should be in the running for a playoff spot, like they were towards the end of last season. Um the only interesting thing is about them as well, though, is uh, hopefully they'll be nicer to their kickers going forward, <laughs> and yeah. not and not overdraft and then cut him on lo- TV. I
2: feel sorry. Th- it was that his first season or second season. Second season. Second.
0: <laughs> Robert Aguayo. Agu-
2: Agu- 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 good Magu- Yeah. Well, good attempt. We'll, we'll Thanks. Gi- we'll we'll, give we'll it work you know. on that. We'll work on that. But uh, I feel sorry for him. That's just a, and, and you've got the general manager coming out and saying, "Yep, yeah, we made a mistake. We shouldn't have drafted him so early." <laughs> I'm just kind of well. It's crazy to say now you've just cut him after two uh, two seasons, but uh, yeah, look, I think the Bucks are a good team. The biggest question I have for us all: Have anyone seen Hard Knocks yet? Oh yeah, uh, yeah? yeah. I, I haven't uh, watched it yet. Is it worth it?
0: It's worth it and
1: everything. Okay. And uh, if you want to see the kicker get cut yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So they, they don't hold back. Like actually, ever. the no. worst
0: thing about that is you, The guy's face. He doesn't know what's coming. He's like you're sitting really? in the GM's room with the coach. It's not to say, good job. you just missed another kick in a preseason game. And he's sitting there, and it's almost like this wide-eyed, bushy-tailed look on his face. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, we're, we're going to let you go. And it's like, oh. He, oh, thought, he, w- he thought he was going
2: in to be, uh, you know, get his confidence boosted or something.
0: No idea. Yeah, it could have <laughs> been. It could have been. He was thinking, they're going to say to me, don't worry about it. You're fine. Yeah. What's but that TV camera in the corner? Oh. They had brought in
1: Nick Falk, who's been a reliable yeah. kicker in the NFL for quite some time. I was even surprised that he left the Jets to go there. And... Uh, like I would have thought, you'd be thinking they haven't brought him in necessarily just to give me a bit of competition. Though. Yeah, I think they no. earmarked him. The I did. I
2: did, I did see the clip with uh, Winston and the head coach, and he kind of asked, uh, he asked the question like, you know, what can I do better? Um, and that was the big Stop thing. Stop
1: throwing needless interceptions in the red zone. And
2: but, uh, I, I like the honesty of it. It, it worked.
0: Oh, the, the preseason game, if anybody hasn't caught it, where Winston's backpedaling, throws a ball up in the air, which was it's picked in the end zone. Yeah. It was a dreadful decision he comes to the sideline the head coach is literally what, what were you James? doing what are you thinking Jameis uh, uh, so he has that gunslinger mentality though 15 interceptions in his first season 18 interceptions in
2: his second season he will let it fly everyone knew that when he was coming into the league Yeah, but that's why he was drafted better so. cleverer
0: decision makers two other points of weakness or just concerns I just flag as well their running game might be in question Doug Martin suspended for the first four games for PED use and as I say those interceptions make better decisions Jameis and the Bucks might go greater places. But definitely check out Hard Knocks. It's worth a look and certainly a listen. Prediction. Am I giving you a prediction on How the Bucs? make the playoffs? Yeah, I think they will. I think they'll probably take one of the wild cards in the NFC. I do think they've got a really good shot. And they were so close last season even. Just look at Mike Evans, the beast on Hard Knocks as well. He's, he's something else. Um, the only doubt, actually, I will say is, every year there's always the one or two teams. That everyone thinks they're going to come. The cards were last season. yeah, And... Out of the Titans and Bucks, I feel that one will fail. But at the moment, on paper, with everything being said, I think they both got as good a shot as any. So that's the Bucks covered. Um, Gordo, any
2: other team you want to take us through? I think I'll go through the Titans. Um, I think that's one of the teams that we're all big fans of. Um, I suppose Marcus Mariota leading the charge there. And uh, again, with the preseason games, I've, I've always said you can't really hold too much to it. But if the first quarter of each game is where you, you watch it and you look at it and I watched the most recent one and to be fair to Mariota, he is so calm in the pocket under pressure. He literally, you could see it, he's been rushed, etc. He just looks like he's a 10-year a vet. He doesn't panic and he's throwing some absolute bullets. Um, I think they have a really, really good offense this year. It's going to be a run-first offense, which I think is going to help Mariota. Um, so you got Derrick Henry who I think is going to lead the charge on that. Um, I think their defense is Vastly improved, and the wide receiving core that he also has around him on the offense. So, I I'm I'm excited. Um, I think it's going to be a good year. Uh, I think they will make the playoffs. Um, I'm kind of looking at a kind of a ten win season. I think. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited. I think Mariota, if he can stay healthy, if the pocket is kept clean, he could be uh, an all star this year for the Tennessee Titans.
1: Be interesting to see how he comes back after the leg injury last year. He, looked, he, he, he looks looked sharp calm. in preseason. Oh. He does, yeah.
2: He just looks calm. I, I just watched the last preseason game, the first quarter, is what I'd say to you. And just every time he gets the ball, he doesn't rush. He doesn't panic. He sits there and he waits till he sees the opening. And he threw some absolute beautiful balls. It also
1: well, helps that they've put some really good receivers and patient
2: well that i mean you talked about this before
0: in terms of the upgrades they've done and certainly through the draft and free agency there in the Titans as well
2: so well i think delaney walker and that was the big one he threw a touchdown pass in the last preseason game and it was just the delaney walker i think it was like a 10 yard hitch and he just cleared the space but it was the experience he didn't even look for the ball he knew it seems like him and mario have a really good relationship they didn't even look to the ball was just thrown that direction Laney Walker went up and got it. And I think having a tight end like that is just you can't yeah. yeah.
0: Seven seven touchdowns to Laney Walker last season. They've they've definitely got a connection growing there. Yeah. Uh, the the only point I'd kind of question a little bit is I actually agree with you that Mariota has got a real good chance of breaking out because I actually think they're gonna move slightly away from the power rushing game they've had. I mean Malarkey has has really developed the power rushing last season, but they lost or they dropped um, Anthony Fasano who's a really strong blocking tight end, who's gone back to the Dolphins. And I think with the upgrades and the skill positions, we're going to see Mariota a bit more in command of the offense, really area out a little bit. And the only question is, do you convert a little bit maybe from the power rushing sets to a three wide receiver? you
1: you see less production from Murray?
0: I see maybe less production from Murray, but more from Mariota and just how the the offense develops. An unspoken, sorry, an unsaid piece about the Titans and their strength though is the O-line. Jack Conklin and Taylor Lewon for me, aren't just two of the best young tackles in the NFL. They're just two of the best tackles, period. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah. and that's really important for Mario and
1: yeah.
2: the team going forward. In, so a, in a division
1: this year with all yeah. due respect to the other three, this is the real
2: opportunity for him to go progress, from this year and win. A, and they have a defense. And they have a defensive coordinator in Dick LeBeau who. I th- is he the oldest coordinator in the I league? think he's the oldest coordinator in the world. In
0: the world. Like uh, uh, is he 70 or 80 uh, at 79 this
2: 79, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he is an old school Steelers defensive coordinator. Take no prisoners. Exactly. They are going to play some hard defensive football. So.
1: Does I he still th- have the stick on the sideline? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I saw him, he had a stick. Didn't <laughs> he he really? Yeah, but well I think he had a leg injury, but he <laughs> <laughs> it was just funny. He was looking like something out uh, of the test.
0: because I mean, I think he's doing sprints with the yeah. team and everything. He's a real man. Uh, he, huh? yeah.
1: he looked like. Jacko have had a head on the sideline barking at them.
0: Yeah, no, Dig LeBeau is is a le. Uh, sorry, is a legend. Um, one, that I- I'm right in saying, Brian. I'm hoping you're going to correct me. Was he the first inductee to the Hall of Fame as a secondary coach, or is he due still to be inducted? I can't remember, but I know. I he was non agree non with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah you the smile Yeah, yeah, good yeah. man. <laughs> um, Brian, who would you take us through? Yeah, so
1: I always seem to have these quite a lot. Seems to be the same kind of pattern. Ed, Houston Texans. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the Texans, I mean, they won the division last year. We've had a conversation about how they went into Foxborough and gave the Patriots a game and on another night with a better quarterback.
0: They still will have lost, yeah.
1: Possibly, but we're not sure on that one. Um, so what they've done in the in the draft, they brought in Deshaun Watson. And I suppose we thought we were going to have a conversation today around which quarterback will be selected at the start of the season, but they've beat us to it and made that decision yesterday. So they're going with the Savage as their quarterback, but I... I'm not convinced it, by fe- it
2: feels like it's going to be the same as last season where he's made his decision next thing, like he saw on hard knocks. You Changes know? it. Yeah. I just think it's such a great quarterback name for the tabloids.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it, Headlines
0: yeah. coming up <coughs> in Mark's head yeah. at the moment, yeah.
1: I think he's just, look, he's, he's going with the experience hands um, and he's given him a first opportunity because he was there last year and he, he did win a playoff game last year for them, their first mm. playoff game in quite some time. So uh, beating the Raiders, albeit the Raiders less cared at that stage. But... Um, you know, you look at it now, will he be the right man to do? I'm not sure. They've done very well in the draft. They brought in two players in the draft who've both been given an A grade. So Dante Foreman, second round running back. scored two touchdowns last weekend versus the Patriots, be a preseason, But as we touched on with Mariota, he, he was very impressed. He looks ready for the season. Mm-hmm. And they brought in Zach Cunningham, who's a nickel linebacker. So if you put him in with Clowney and... TGI, merciless that, yeah. and what? And it looks it looks an explosive defence, which to be honest, it probably is already. You know, there wouldn't be that much needed in terms of upgrade at defence. So again, they'll be reliant on the defence. Do I see them making the playoffs this year? I don't. Pretty much because what Gordon touched on, I see the Titans progressing and winning that division.
0: Well, that's what I was just going to say, because we're talking about two teams in the same division, hopefully. So you have the Titans win division, Gordo. Titans as well. Titans yeah. as well. well. You have 8-8 uh, eight
1: eight prediction for the Texans, and they were 9-7 last year. So I still see them floating in and around, winning a few games here and there within the division and a few games throughout the schedule, but not enough to make the playoffs.
2: I think it'll be interesting on the defense side for the Texans this year. Um, I think they were the ranked number one defense last season, and that was without JJ Watt in their ranks. Um, Apparently, uh, Bill O'Brien was speaking recently and he kind of said he's back to full health. They're having to cut some of his reps down a little bit, but basically that he is back to his old self, if not better. And if that's the case you suddenly have a Texans defense that, again, has the possibility of becoming the number one defense for another year. Again, we've just kind of said we don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But the fact is, if they can continue that trend, they have Watt tied down, they'll be tied down Clowney, etc. Next year, the year after, if they can just improve that offense, the Texans could become a serious weapon within that division. The issue is, can Bill O'Brien nail down a quarterback.
1: But if Sean Watson and th- I know he's not starting the season but at some stage we all believe he will come in. Yeah. If he comes in and, prog- and progresses like a lot of people think and he locks himself down as he can be he can become the franchise quarterback going forward.
2: I've se- I've, se- I've seen him in a few of the games yeah. and he, a, a, and he is he is intriguing to watch um but it's just it's this whole inconsistency with Bill O'Brien like he it's like he's scared to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And then when you realize he's made the wrong decision, he's like, feck, I should have made that earlier on. Well, I mean, we touched on it before. The Texans are one of five teams which have had
0: a different opening day quarterback for the last five years. And yes. that sums it up. He's also
1: confirmed he will be calling the plays. So albeit he's the coach, he's going to be calling the plays. It won't be the offensive coordinator. Yeah, so well, I mean, putting he's putting more pressure on himself. He's
0: putting put more pressure, but he is a good offensive coordinator. I mean, I would actually disagree with you two. I think the Texans are the favorites over the Titans to win the division. I look at that defense, and we're right in saying it's scary. Last year... Last season, 313 yards conceded per game—the lowest in the NFL. They led the league in total defense
2: without JJ Watt towards the end of the season. D- defenses win you championships. We all know that, but you also need to have a somewhat of a decent offense. You do, and they've won. And, the and, div- at, and at the moment, it's questionable. They've won the division the last two years, yeah. but was that
1: because yeah. other teams were poor? Br- were
0: and and I don't see someone coming out. We talk about Mariota and the Titans, and I just big them up, and Jordan's big them up, and I agree they're going to be a threat. But Mariota against the AFC South has been pretty appalling in the first two seasons. Yeah. Uh, I think he's 2-10. It's something very negative anyway. Um, Time to turn the tables. W- maybe he turns the tables and everything. I still s- have the Texans slightly in front. It's definitely a competitive but not the greatest division because mm. certainly we don't. We, we dealt with the Colts and Jags last week. We're dealing with these guys this week. Nobody's really in a Super Bowl contender slot. Nope. but We will see. It will be interesting staying in the AFC and going to my favorite division, the AFC East. Um, strangely, guys, in a hopeful category, we're not going to talk about the Patriots. We might talk about them slightly next week. But we are going to talk about the Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, a bit conflicted on this one. They're still a very, very talented team. We talked about them quite a bit the other week when we talked about the Tannehill industry. Sorry, industry? Injury. However they have that Tannehill injury and they are now going to be relying upon Jay Cutler at quarterback. So if we're looking for holes in why they might not be the most hopeful, there's number one in the first instance that Cutler might be a challenge for them. Um, however, they do still have Landry, Parker, Steels at the wide receiver positions. They do still have Adam Gase, who led them to a 10-6 season in the first instance. But they had only made the postseason once since 2008 and that was unfortunately a one and done last season. And they have made some improvements in the draft, but lost other people to injuries. Racon McMillan, uh, who was gonna sp- uh, their second round pick, going to start a linebacker. And Tony Lipsett, who came through quite well for them last year at cornerback, both lost for the season. So they're the only team I'm nervous of in the FC East, I'll be honest. And Cutler can get it together, and they could still challenge both the FC East and for a playoff uh, wildcard. Um, but there are gaps. Uh,
2: uh, the Miami Dolphins, I think it's just something for, for years where people have high hopes for them, but it just never seems to come to fruition with them. Um, there's just something about Miami. It's interesting, like, it's completely sidetrack on this now, but they feature as the main team in that uh, TV series, Ballers. And it's because <laughs> of the, the <laughs> lifestyle in Miami. It's the place to like be. You, know, you, wa- you want to make the money. You've got the receiving core and all this. And they bring in all these big free agencies. But they never win anything, and I think that's the biggest thing with the Miami Dolphins is they get to a certain stage. I don't know if it's the location or what, but there's just something that's always holding them back. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah they're in this group for a reason. Um, yeah,
0: well, M- Mercury Morris and the undefeated seventy three team would say they win something, <coughs> but since they I'm i
2: I'm, I'm, I'm more on about you know my, know, my, know. my time frame. I, know, I know, you know,
0: no, no, <laughs> thank you. No, um, and I was going to agree because Dan Marino, one of the greats, a quarterback, and one Super Bowl with only one got to one Super Bowl and obviously yeah. he didn't win it. Um that was a real waste of his talent, I would say, there for many. You many just years. don't know a cutler.
1: You really don't. You could be sitting here and two months gone, he's had a great start and they've won a lot of games. Or you could be sitting here and they've won one or two games you're gonna say it's the cutler that we all know from his days in Chicago. So you really just don't know what to expect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I I think that's gonna be the Positive and the negative for the Dolphins all in the one go yep. in relation to it. Look, we should go turn some attention because there are a couple of NFC teams as well. And it's not just all about the AFC uh, that we're going to look at and call in this hopeful category. Gordo, you've got one who were the sexy pick last year, really.
2: The Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, it's um, it was I- again, I really enjoyed actually kind of delving a little bit deeper into the Arizona Cardinals for this year. And kind of looking at the record for last year was 7-8-1. Um, and then you look at the year before, they were 13-3. So you're kind of going, Jesus, 2015. From one extreme to the other. Yeah. And, and it, I suppose the question is, can they get back to that 2015 record of 13-3? I don't think so. Um, I think some of, the, some of the biggest concerns I have at the moment for them is the O-line. Uh, last season, they allowed 127 hits on poor old Carson Palmer, um, who, that's who
0: is poor and old.
2: I mean he's not poor financially anyway he's <laughs> let's, put, let's, put, let's put that one out there he's made enough money from the Raiders and the likes but uh, yeah it's just the O-line doesn't seem to have improved vastly enough that can they protect somebody like Palmer who has had injury scares so I don't think they can
1: heavily and reliant on David Johnson a running back Yeah, carried a load mm-hmm.
2: and I think one of the other ones I'm kind of worried about is their overall defence um, it was ranked third in yards allowed per pass in mm-hmm. at rush attempts last year and they got forty-eight sacks, so it was very, very good. But they've lost over half the starters, yeah. so you are kind of going, well, like, you know, you are trying to get back to your thirteen and three record, but you are making these sort of changes. So I think if Carson Palmer has the season that he's, he has the potential and he has some great receiving core, we all know that. Yeah. Then brilliant. Um, I think the big one is uh, Tyron Matthew, the Badger, uh, the Honey Badger yeah. is back. He uh, had a great interception. It was, uh, he jumped an out route on the in the end zone. It was beautiful this was week two, this pre-season, week two yeah. preseason it was absolutely beautiful and then pretty much ran it 50 yards back um if he stays injury free which is another big one for the arizona cardinals he will be the leading force on their defense um do i think they'll improve on last year <laughs> i'm str. i think they're gonna aim for something close to a seven and eight and one season again or they're giving them a draw yeah or an eight and ace, or okay I've so you're I not you're not as positive on them, shall we say, but no, I think they're kind of staying in the same ball. I don't think they have enough to improve at the moment.
1: I to be honest, I don't disagree on anything there. That's in the round they kind of ballpark yeah. I f- mm-hmm. I don't see them making the playoffs. In fact I see that division being a very one way street in terms of the Seahawks winning that division convincingly.
0: Well again like the Dolphins with the Pats, I see the cards being the only ki- you know, kind of challenger to the Seahawks in that division entirely. David Johnson, you referred to, great defense, led the NFC in sacks and yards allowed last
2: year. Completely forgot David
0: Johnson. Yeah, I left him out of my analysis. I know Brian was saying about him, but over 2,000 yards last season, they played great. I'm a little bit of a believer with the cards, it's all about how they start. Because last season, we alluded to it before, Patriots went down to Glendale, beat them 23-21 with their backup quarterback, no left tackle, no Rob Gronkowski, and I think the cards kind of thought, we thought this was going to be handed to us on a plate. There, was a, very the mentality right, there was a
1: very interesting argument around the fact that they didn't have any pads on for quite a lot, more so than most teams in pre-season last year. And when they went into the season, it was like they couldn't tackle anybody with pads on. And Bruce Aries from day one this year said, no, are going into the pads from day one in pre-season, in training yeah. camp to get as us used. Also, bear in mind the fact that they had to play that game. They had four pre-season games because they were involved in the Hall of Fame game. But he said, from day one, we're not going to make that mistake. We're going to go into pads and be ready for the season to start
0: which is following the Steelers and Mike Tomlin's approach, actually. Very mm. heavy on pads, training
2: and hitting hard and getting up to game speed. They're away to the
1: Lions in the first game and you have written the Lions off, so that's a win.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, uh, uh, one other point about the Cardinals in their last game I watched and uh, they allowed, which was atrocious, they had, a, I think it was a 61-yard kick at goal and it was returned for a touchdown. Um, a field goal was yeah, returned? the field goal was returned <laughs> for a touchdown. It missed it right. And you're looking, at th- the first person up in the defense, the long snapper, he was the first man up. He missed a tackle on the returner, and it was just he ran the length of the field, and it was it was too easy. Three, it three phases of the game. Yeah, it just looked too easy. So, yeah, yeah I I were not too optimistic, but yeah, that's uh, the Arizona Cardinals. For yeah, the coming season. Uh,
0: absolutely. And look, we as I said, with all these teams, we will see how it goes. But uh, uh, you know, certainly uh, developments there with them. Brian, close this out with one more team to look at today, and they're in your favourite division, the NFC Yeah, use. the Philadelphia Eagles,
1: one of my yeah, Laminos teams. Don't much time for the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Um, yeah, so last year they had Carson Wentz, their uh, rookie quarterback, and he's, I mean, he was very good, albeit didn't win as many games as, as people expected. But he started off well. They've looked to put some players around him in, in the off-season. They brought in Alshon Jeffrey from the Bears. Um, it's a one-year deal. They brought in Tory Smith from the 49ers again, another one-year deal. So, again, this kind of goes back to what we were saying about the Redskins. They're not looking at long-term investments. They're literally trying to surefire winners early, early, and just try to have a good season, and then obviously worry about quarter down the line in terms of what they're going to give to wins. You look at the running game. They brought in Legarrette Blount, but they've let Ryan Matches go, and he obviously had a neck injury, and they released him when he passed his physical. Um, they have a second-year running back by the name of Smallwood, and but he generally lacks size, and he's not what you'd call it an all-round running back that can carry. Drive t- um, play to play so they don't have anybody that's going to carry the load full time um, so that's a question mark and then on defence their front seven is going to have to get to the quarterback because their secondary is is severely exposed
0: Th- there's t- been some allegations that Blunt may be cut in the Eagles actually a few reports were coming out saying his his place isn't secure which would be very intriguing if that that was to occur
1: that's uh, one of Gordon's favourite free agency, favourite free agency he might come back on that one at some stage. But the defence last year was 12th in terms of the, r- the rankings, and uh, they haven't done a lot to r- improve that. They brought in two rookies, sorry, two uh, draft picks on defence. But again, a lot of people are saying that they, they won't be immediate starts or immediate impacts, and then they have brought in a safety, and they have decided to change him to an interior linebacker. So I don't know what the top uh, process is. Honey
0: badger approach, yeah. you know, Possibly. this hybrid. But you say they haven't dressed much. Of course, they did let Jordan Matthews go to the Bills in that trade we were talking about to bring in... Uh, a cornerback, which really addresses their biggest gap. Because last season, they just didn't have anybody that could cover uh, Odell Beckham Jr. or any of the serious receivers. Des Bryant and the serious serious receivers they'll go up against twice a year.
1: So Ronald Darby's come in the cornerback. Yeah, yeah, I have to say I've done this analysis before that trade was made. <laughs> so um, I hadn't included him in the, in the conversation. But yeah, their secondary last year was greatly exposed in a lot of games. And really the main kind of... Rep- analysis is if the front seven don't get to the quarterback it'll be the same this year yeah you know yeah. so but I, ha- I don't have them make the playoffs i, ha- I do have them improve them, but only slightly from last year so i've had any prediction and there were seven and nine last year
0: they might have hope though because d-line and w- i think we did mention it last time round. for the eagles is very scary and they've improved it further and that will have to be the strength but you're right they've got to get there with the front seven and a lot depends on carson wentz it also
1: it <coughs> sorry, a lot of also depends on how the division plays out fairly early on. So, we, as we said, we touched on. Seekiel, they'll be bound for sixth game, possibly. If he's gone, how do the Cowboys react? Not sure how the Giants will start. And the Redskins, were already kind of saying, are gone for the season. So, they might have an opportunity to actually do well in the division because other teams aren't doing yeah, so well. I,
0: I, I actually think it's going to be a dogfight there between yeah. the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles and Redskins. <coughs> they're, They're all going to be there or thereabouts. And there's going to be some big clashes that will, you know, Decide if one team doesn't turn up on the day and you lose your divisional games. It's a divisional game in week one. The Redskins
1: are home to Eagles, so it'll be very interesting to see who wins, scores against Cousins in that game.
0: Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting, we've gone from uh, young Carson, pa- uh, sorry, old Carson Palmer to young Carson Wentz. Much of the Eagles' season will depend on how he goes, yep. as much of the cards will depend on whether an old, aged, decrepit quarterback, nearly 40, keeps going. You really uh, don't like Carson, or, uh, no, Carson Palmer, no, do you? I'm just saying that and worrying more and more as a Patriots fan, relying upon our old, aged, 40-year-old quarterback for the season. Ah, so yeah,
2: but he's like vegan slash gluten-free slash... And whatever else he does, and the goat,
0: apparently. And so, and, it's has, it's and all has
2: as his wife, you know. So, you know,
0: yeah, you know. happy out. Yeah, when we talk about, it, I'm sure we'll come to him next week. Yeah. Look, before we just call out final play of the week, there was one thing that I read on uh NFL.com um, that amused me, actually. It was Left Handers Week, the other, or Left Handers Day the other week, and they actually had a ranking of their five best left handed quarterbacks of all time. Which, uh, you know, as I said, being a Kito I was kind of going, nah, that's fantastic. Though. You know, I could join those ranks one day. Um, but just out of curiosity, guys, you know this is in all of history. Um, who would be your, or who do you think they voted as their five top left-handed quarterbacks?
2: for? Oh, I, I, if I could name five left-handed quarterbacks, I'd be doing well. The only one I know, and I'm assuming he's in that list, will be Michael Vick. Michael Vick was Le- number four. Do have a go? Go for it.
1: Norman Syson. Boomer Boomer
0: Ison was number three. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know. Norman is real name, of course. Yeah, yeah, I would have, I would have had him slightly higher. In fairness,
1: uh, Ch- Ch- Steve Young number one.
0: Stevie Young had to be number one. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Vic is in there, you say? Yeah.
0: Vic is in there. God, I was talking about one person the other week from the seventies. Oh, Kenny Stabler is it? Number two. There we go. What a man, the Oakland Raiders.
1: Number five then, Jim Zorn.
0: No, number five would have been. I mean, career backup and kind of a uh, bit of a journeyman uh, Mark Brunel uh, uh, so yeah, Mark Brunel 5 Michael Victor fo- 4 Boomer's Eyes 3 Kenny Stabler 2 and Steve Young 1 of course Steve Young is still the only man to have thrown for 6 touchdowns in a Super Bowl game and next week when we get on to the Super Bowl hopeful teams we may touch on one particular player who's the only man who could
2: end up with 6 Super Bowl rings oh, who, who's that please please don't make us wait <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyway, oh, so oh. you didn't say over how many years. There could be other guys next week. That could.
0: No, no. at the moment, Charles Haley and Thomas Edward Patrick-Brady are the only two people <laughs> with Sir Thomas Edward Patrick-Brady and the only two people with five Super Bowl rings. And Charles Haley isn't coming out of retirement <laughs> anytime soon, boys. No, can't wait for next week. <laughs> <one summer. laughs> <laughs> so next week, we will be touching on 11 different teams who we are saying are real Super Bowl hopefuls. These are the teams you're fan base should be getting excited there is legitimate reason to believe you have a hope you don't just have a dream you have a legitimate hope and what we'll probably be doing is trying to poke holes in those hopes and give you reasons why actually there are a few weaknesses in each of them but for now that's our final play of the week this has been another episode of the Irish NFL podcast brought to you by the 42.ie Ireland's leading sports website Um, follow us on Twitter at Irish NFL pod And subscribe and review for us on iTunes, Podomatic, and SoundCloud to hear all our former episodes. But for now, it's goodbye from Brian. Thank you, Mark. Goodbye from Gordo. Thanks, Mark. And goodbye from me. Goodbye.